Hello, and welcome to What? The podcast where we have no idea what the hell is going on, but we're sticking with it. I'm your host, Ross, and let's begin. Hello, and welcome to What? I'm here today with Mr. Bromfield. Uh, good afternoon. Yeah, or morning, depending on when people are... Oh, that's first. true. Oh, yeah, good evening, or, or get to sleep at three o'clock in the morning, and you shouldn't <laughs> be listening to podcasts at this hour. It's absolutely true. Uh, so what, what do you do for a job? So my job is your food teacher. So I, I work as a food teacher at Rutherford College. Prior to that, I used to work in the hospitality industry. So I used to do a variety of jobs. The main one, I suppose you could argue, was chefs. So I used to run restaurants, so like a, what they call a brigade of chefs. So quite a variety of different styles of food, but it was mainly quite fine dining. And I also did some restaurant uh, and hotel management. Um, like I said, the, the, the main job was thinking about food and, and more working in, in producing food. So in doing that, I worked in, in a few different places, which is where I think our conversation is going to go. Uh, did, you, did you have a favourite area of field? You, like, obviously, uh, uh, in food, but was there a favourite place that you worked in? I, yeah, that, that, for the stages, I, I, was, I got some really good opportunities. So I might, it might be interesting to, to think about why I ended up here. So I think if I was your age and, and someone told me in 15, 20 years' time, whatever the difference is, uh, you'll be a food teacher, I'd, I'd probably be surprised. So what I did was the natural kind of path. Uh, so I'm from the UK, and it would be pretty similar with, with Kiwis over here. Well, the natural path is um, you finish school and then you do, do a, either a trade, you decide to go and do a trade, or you carry on with education. So I carried on with education. And my sort of interest at the time was big politics, international relations. So when I was, so you might have heard of 9-11. So that was quite formative for me. So when I was just your age, that's when 9-11 happens. So that was a, a kind of very interesting time where the world seemed to change quite a lot. So I went to university to, to study politics and about how those changes were, were going about. So that's, that, that I've always had quite an interest in the, in the world and, and something bigger than my little little piece of the world where in my little bit of, bit of the UK, it's always been a bit bigger than that in my, in, in my world. But up until that point, I hadn't traveled too much. So I did this degree. And when I finished it, I, it was really occurred to me that I've sort of studied lots of different countries and their politics and their systems and been arguing with my friends and my teachers about which, which political system is the best. But I haven't really been to many of those countries. I haven't like, really experienced them. So how can I really say that I know what I'm talking about? So I was very keen to move, but my problem was I had no money. So when you go into university, is kind of quite draining on expenses on your money. You don't have... Uh, you can work and maybe I could have worked a little bit more but I didn't um, so I needed to think about a way that I could travel whilst earning money so what opportunities came my way very rapidly was working in the hospitality industry so you know a lot of people do do that they work in hospitality for a year or two it was just so that I happened to work with some really really interesting people uh, who knew what they were doing and they had lots of expertise and they were willing to give, a, give other people like me who didn't have expertise at the time their time and, and effort so, so that I got good at cooking and good at the industry. So that's kind of how it came about. I didn't expect to be going into that. I just did that 
got into it because I needed a job, but decided that it, I could just treat it as a job and go away as soon as the, the, my hour with my shift was done. And uh, but I didn't. I, I I would often stay do loads of overtime. Or, you know, these nights where I wouldn't be home until one two in the morning. All the customers are gone, but I just wasn't happy where my skill base was, and I had someone willing to give me a bit of time. So then I carried on working on it and working on it. So that's. That's how I got got into to the industry, and I haven't really answered your question. Where did where did it take me? All over, like there was there was no end of opportunities of where I could go and use that trade because everywhere needs chefs, you know. And I'm talking this is pre-COVID times, but uh, but it will get back there. But there were so many Brits are you know quite good at travelling, and the English speakers are quite good at travelling. So although my language skills wasn't that good, and I can my French wasn't very good and my Spanish wasn't very good. I could go to those sort of countries because there'll always be British tourists there who wanted food and you could work with fellow English speakers or, you know, the French are pretty good at English and so does Spanish and so does Italian. So, you know, enormous opportunities to get work. Um, so that took me around. Sorry, you've got a question. Let's jump uh, in. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, you can continue if you'd like. Um, well, it's your podcast, so tell me if this is interesting or not. So the, the way I got where, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, your audience is going to be, your, it might be worldwide, I hope it is, uh, but I'm presuming it's going to be mainly sort of this hemisphere. What, what I'm trying to get across to any young person listening is don't just think the job opportunities and, and the things you've got in life is, is just the things you can see. You, you know, there's enormous, and the, all right, we're, we're sort of, we're in this COVID time where, things are starting to open up again and it might be not this year and it might be next year but look more expansively about what opportunities there are because you know, the best jobs the best experiences I've ever had were when I kind of got out of my little little space little area of the UK and I got back and it's not to be disparaging you know I really love my family there my friends there and I had amazing experiences but I learned to experience home more but I also had, you know, lifelong friends that I would never have met uh, had I not got, got out of the country and applied for different jobs abroad. And it was easy, you know, they want these companies. I'll be honest, these companies are want young people for a few reasons. They're hardworking. They learn better than old people. They come in with, with a good attitude. Older people come in thinking they know how to do it and are less willing to kind of learn. Young people... The advantage of them is that they they kind of uh, are really open ideas. They don't come in thinking I'm, I'm I'm the boss here. They come in thinking, please teach me. I want to be good. So that's when when I hear young people saying, "Oh, people never give me opportunities." Well, sell yourself. Say, "Look, I'm the hardest worker. I'm going to be harder worker than any of those old guys. I'm going to be better at learning than any of those old guys. I'm going to do it exactly as you want it. You will get this opportunity to work." The other advantage. And the reason why you're probably going to get all those work opportunities, and this is a downside, is you're not going to get mega rich doing it. You, you've got to be accepting. You're going to be often, not always, but often starting at the bottom. But if you show a little bit of keen, you're interested, you're willing to, you're not just as soon as the clock hits, whatever home time is, you're out the door, but you're making sure everything's perfect for the next day or whatever. Uh, if you're one of those, then you will soon get off that bottom of the pay scale and you're going to work yourself up. So... You know, I started off, I think my very first jobs were just washing dishes and things like that, which is fine, you know, that's fine. But I, I you know, definitely showed interest into doing other things and therefore uh, I was soon promoted and the money came. So I was really, I, was, I could save money uh, whilst I was doing that. So 
places I went, um, uh, skis, uh, typical places where tourists go. So uh, Europe have got amazing um, mountains where skiing is really good. So for example, the French Alps, um, and they're, they're really extensive and, and there lots of people go there and spend huge amounts of money. So uh, for and, and want really nice service. So that was a good opportunity. and. You the, the, the day, so you mentioned what your lifestyle is like. Well, you get up early, which is fine. Uh, you cook your guests' breakfast, so mm. you work in the chalet. So you might be working in the chalet, you might have to look after maybe 10 guests for a week. Um, and they're going to be expecting breakfast, so that's fine. You, you can do some cooked items. It might just be continental, so it might just be getting the cereals out, making sure you're going to wash up the dishes when they go. But as soon as that's done, you've got the day to yourself. So my lifestyle would be, get your, uh, serve these guys breakfast straight out of the ski field. So I would spend all day skiing, snowboarding, mountaineering, um, out with my mates, do, having like the best fun you could imagine. Uh, then you come back, uh, you need to eat, okay? You just need to make sure the other people are fed. So you and the team of people you're working with, you won't be on your own often, uh, will cook uh, whatever meal you've got planned for that day. And you often join them. So you really nice people that are out on the holiday. You know, maybe I shouldn't mention this, but you often have a glass or two of wine and, you know, relax and that kind of thing. You clean down and then really you've got your evening to yourself. And, uh, and that's it. So you've got, um, yeah, you've got your evening to yourself and then the next day you repeat and you'll get time off in that time. So you, you'll get a day, if you're lucky, two days off during the day, which you, you don't have to do anything, catch up and sleep and stuff like that. It's hard work, but it is worthwhile. Uh, so other places, I worked in places like Germany for a while, like in, in the cities in Frankfurt. If you go to Germany, a lot of the cities in Germany, the, it's quite an international place, so people come from all over the place um, to work a lot in finance out there. Um, so pretty much everyone's English. So again, my German, my German's next to nothing. I know a tiny bit of German, but uh, the, the, the barrier wasn't the language. It was, it was people coming in because every, most people spoke English. So language is never a barrier. So again, I worked in quite fancy places like that. So that's why I learned kind of fine dining. Um, and then, and then uh, after doing those sorts of jobs for a while, um, I was back in the UK teaching, um, not uh, well, teaching in hotels, and, and I used to run a hotel, and I used to uh, be head chef of a of a of a of a like kind of fine dining restaurant as well. So yeah, a few different places, but I, I guess what I'm coming back to the same themes that. The, the enjoyment you got from it, the idea that I, I loved what I was doing, I loved the idea of learning every day, to me was the, 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 biggest, the biggest motivator. The money didn't really matter, I had enough to get by. I was, I was eating, I was, you know, I was surrounded by food all day long, but the biggest thing was I absolutely loved it. It didn't matter if it was, I was working a 14, 15 hour shift because the time would go like that and the adrenaline would get out of it. Uh, was amazing, you know. So I think if you if you get the opportunity to get something that you enjoy, don't worry about the money, because if you decide to be good at that, there will be money to be to be made from it, you know. Same with your podcasting and, and your things with IT. And, and you're initially, unless you're lucky, you, you're going to be depressed with the amount of money you're getting. But that shouldn't immediately be your first. Your, your immediacy is going to be, what can I get really good at? How can you know? How can I? get interesting people into this podcast or whatever so you can really get going and then 
and then the momentum will follow. You'll have a good portfolio of stuff and you'll know how to do it so that if there is a job for a sound engineer, maybe you can be an amazing sound engineer, get really good equipment and know how to edit it so it sounds really good. If that, if that's, if that kind of, if, you know, you, you find that pleasurable to do, get really, really good at it. Get better than most other people will bother. The average Joe will just plug a microphone in and say, off you go, right? You're not going to be that person if you're interested in sound. You're going to be the person who knows everything about the octaves, everything about the pitch, how to get that. It's an example. Hopefully you see what I'm saying. That would be my advice. And then you'll have a really, really good skill base which you could sell and really make good money because there's always, you know, we're in a world of media where, you know, you're in media right now, but there is really good money to be made for media, and you will be able to get there. So, uh, and travel while doing it if that's what you want to do, you know. So that's what those things will be my kind of my thoughts on for young people want to travel, get out there. What could go wrong? The worst could happen is you're going to have a sad time, meet some bad people. Oh well, you go out, you've not lost anything. Have you? Do, do you think that people should be afraid of traveling for other cultures or traditions that they might not know of? I, I think it's an interesting question. I think you're going to get more out of your experience in any culture if you've known a little bit about it. So I, I, I first of all, I, I, this is, I don't want any young person to be blasé about traveling. Um, but in terms of danger, if you want to find danger, you can probably find it. If you're not interested in danger, you probably won't find it. Most, you know, the dangerous situations are down to people being a bit unlucky or they've taken one or two risks which they haven't, shouldn't have taken, okay? So that, that would be my first thing, that don't seek problems. If you're not seeking problems, you probably won't find them. That would be my advice to kind of any young person. Um, but by and large, every single country is going to be incredibly welcoming of you. That I've been in my experience, I've been to some very poor countries, um, very rich countries, and and by and large, they're going to be incredibly welcome to you. You're going to be noticing um, different different cultures and different um, uh, mentalities of so as you go around and go with it and just go with the flow and, and, and pick up what other people are doing. Uh, of course, you know, think about the the laws of the land. You know, if it's uh, some countries aren't permitting alcohol well why would you take a risk with that that would be that would be uh that would be sensible advice but i certainly wouldn't uh in, in my experience uh think of many places in the world where i wouldn't recommend you go as long as you've been sensible and safe you know if there are government guidelines saying don't go to certain countries obviously abide by that but if you're going with real positivity you're there to learn and, and to respect that culture uh, you'll, you'll get so much out of it, it'll be unreal. So go and travel. Do, uh, do you have any... Do you have any countries that are a must-go mm. for anyone travelling? Um, oh. Yeah. Um, go to Indonesia. You, for some reason, they're the friendliest, smiliest people. The, well, that's one of the poorer countries I've been to, and people have nothing. But I remember go, just going to, the, to villages and to shops, um, and people just wouldn't charge me. They just would give me things. And, I, of course, I would always uh, pay them, but people just were, were incredibly kind-spirited. Go to Indonesia. Uh, Japan was, was the other one which I, I really, really liked, just because it was such a 
cool place. Everyone, everyone felt cool. Again, incredibly welcoming and, and nice. Um, and I'm, I'm wondering, I'm, I'm debating my head whether I think French food is nicest or Japanese, but it's a, it's a toss-up between those two. Um, France, I would say, is my favourite country in Europe. It's, it's a tough one, but France, just because, again, they, they, just, they just do things that with that much more care and mass than me as an Englishman we ever do. And I think I think we look up to the French a little bit. Um, and USA is an interesting one. I, 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 I here's a confession. I went to the USA and I, I was a little bit um, a little bit judgmental. I thought it'd be a bit brash and a bit big and a bit a bit uh, overconfident. And it kind of was those things. But I actually came out and kind of got it. it yeah, they're, they're really happy with what they've got in life they're really proud of their big cars they're really proud of their of what they're doing what they're contributing and they're proud to show it off and i kind of came out of america uh feeling like that but also great thing about america is it's an incredibly diverse place don't just think about the californian america which are great people go to california but it's a real interesting place so if i if i was you in a few years time i would hire a car and i'd jump into it and i'd have two months off and I would just drive around and get to, get to some adventures because you would always find really cool things to do in the US. And the place that I'm, I'm traveling more and more to is, is Latin America. I don't know it well, I'd like to, but I'd love to get the plan this year, but I can't because of COVID, was to get to Latin America. But again, you get a real, real good spirit over there, but they're very generous and, it's, and you know, it doesn't, I think we've, with Westerners, it feels a bit work-centric. Uh, the lifestyle, we sort of have to remind ourselves to enjoy ourselves a bit and to take time off and to get away from work. Whereas I feel like in Latin America, it's more the other way around. The kind of the kind of joy and family and 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 and, and seizing the moment and living for the moment is more apparent in Latin America than than I. So when I go there, I, I remind myself. Of that just chill out it's fine man. you don't need to worry you know and uh, and so yeah you, you end up reflecting about your own life when you travel again um and and hopefully you you adjust it and, and you, you you have a have a happier more chilled life which is probably what we all want right. thank you mr ronfield for this amazing life well it's not a life lesson it's more of advice it's, it's take it what you will. I think just big big life lesson I would take is if you find something you enjoy doing, work isn't isn't a big problem. You know, you always you always find stresses. Life it isn't always easy, but if you just go for it and worry about a few things later, um, like money, it will come. That'd be the big life lesson. But no, thanks for this, and I think what you're doing there is really creative. You could be just on your phone on scrolling on the same social media right now. What you're doing is creative. So I'm. I'm Really proud is a word of what you're doing, and uh, and uh, and I'll have to subscribe to your podcast. I'll do that. Cool. Thank you, Mr. Frankie. You're welcome. And with that, thank you for listening to watch.